One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning, One Church Park District. My name's Pastor Mike Villadesau. I'm the pastor of the One Church Markham Woods community, if we've never met. And listen, I'm just so honored to be able to share uh, this message with you, to share the Word of God with you. But I want to take a quick second. I want to honor your pastor. Uh, Justin uh, is, a, is a dear friend, and I want you to know that it's difficult to pastor. <laughs> it's difficult to pastor, especially in 2020. But listen, you have a pastor in Justin that loves Jesus with all of his heart. He loves the Word of God. He loves his wife and his family. You are a blessed church. And so uh, while he's on this time away uh, with his family uh, on this sabbatical, would you pray for him? Just pray that the Spirit of God will refresh him, will renew him, will fill him with fresh vision. And um, I just, Pastor Justin, if you happen to be streaming this message, I love you, bro. And so grateful for you, your voice in my life. Uh, well, listen, Park District, uh, as I prayed for you leading up to this opportunity to share with you, I really felt stirred in my heart to share a message um, from a long series um, that we've been in over at the Markham Woods community um, in a series that we've been in called The New Normal. Back in March when um, the world shut down, when uh, this pandemic first started, um, it seems like a year ago, remember that? When uh, everyone was fighting over toilet paper? Um, But there was all these voices all these voices out there that were um, trying to position themselves and argue, it seemed like, what the new normal was going to be, you know? Um, No concerts forever, the new normal. Um, uh, A world uh, without any gatherings, you know, the new normal. All these prognostications of what the future was going to hold. And um, as we've moved through now, uh, these multiple crises, it's kind of like a slow motion car accident that we've been living through. I can feel this palpable fatigue in the hearts of people. All this volatility, all this polarization has now boiled over across our nation. And the question that I keep feeling and keep sensing and keep hearing is how did things change so quickly? All this uncertainty, all this unrest. Like, is this what the new normal is going to be? And for our church family at Markham Woods, I I had this strong sense uh, to go to the book of Acts. Uh, The followers of Jesus were experiencing their own new normal. Jesus is no longer with them. He's ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. There's all kinds of political and social uh, and racial uh, tensions and pressures. But God was using his church to do miraculous things in their new normal. This New Testament church, they had no buildings, they had no sound systems, they had no political influence, uh, they had nothing except the power of the Holy Spirit and their testimony of Jesus, the gospel, the good news that Jesus is the only way, he's the way, the truth, and the life, that he's alive. And so this, this new church in a new normal, against all odds, they turned the ancient world upside down. And so One Church Park District, before we even get into this message, I want to encourage you with something. Listen, the followers of Jesus, we have a roadmap to navigate times of uncertainty. Jesus has given us instructions of what to do when the world is completely upside down. Even though the society seems to be in this time of great turbulence and 
in time of unwanted transition for the follow of Jesus, followers of Jesus, we, we don't have to be afraid of what's coming in the new normal. God has given us His Word. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us the promise of peace that goes past our own understanding. He's given us the promise of rest in this book. So we don't need more information this morning. We need to meet God. We need to hear what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. We need God. We need God this morning. So I'm excited to share a message with you this morning from the book of Acts that I'm calling The Qualifications, The Squeeze, and The Focus. Will you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you're, you're right here. You're with each person that's streaming this message right now, God. We just ask you, Spirit of God, that you'd help us to slow down, to shut out all the voices from the rest of the world, and open up our spiritual ears to hear you, God, our spiritual eyes to see you. And Spirit of God, would you just overshadow me, God? You know how much I need your help, that I am I'm nobody, God. I'm, I'm, I can't do anything without you, Jesus. And so would you speak through me in these next few moments, God? We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus, and we trust you. It's in your beautiful name we pray. The church said, amen, amen. The qualifications, the squeeze, and the focus... So the book of Acts is really snapshots. As you work your way through, it's a historical narrative written by Dr. Luke, the only Gentile writer of any of the New Testament. And so again, Jesus has ascended to the, to the Father. His followers, they've received the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Fire, explosive, power from heaven. Um, Thousands of people have come to Christ just in the first few chapters of the book of Acts. It's a real revival, a movement that's going to shake the ancient world. But I want to pick it up this morning in Acts chapter 6, and we're just going to unpack the verses as we go. Let's go to Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So let's just pause there for a second. So there's a feeding program that had to be set up. Okay, This church now, it's recorded that it's 5,000 men and their families. And so this is, a, this is a massive church that's exploded in just a matter of months. But it was very important in their culture to take care of the most vulnerable in their society, which were the widows in their community. And so what you have is these Hellenistic Jews, they were more Greek-influenced. They spoke street Greek. They, they weren't as Jewish as the Hebraic Jews. And so you have this little dust-up. Okay? When you have a growing church, you're going to have problems. Just like when you have a growing family, there's new problems, there's new challenges. And so there's this little discrimination, this little racist thing is happening within the church. It just shows that there's nothing new under the sun, amen? And it's a whole other sermon for another time, but what it was, it was a spiritual attack on their unity that manifested itself as an argument in this breadline. So there's a problem in the church and the apostles are going to deal with it. Let's look at verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait tables. Pause there for a second. The apostles weren't saying they were too good to serve the food. It wasn't that at all. They just weren't called to serve the food. They were called to dedicate themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word of God. And so they've got to figure out how to deal with this issue. They figured out what we all figure out in ministry is that, or if you lead anything, you can't do it all by yourself. Verse 3, 
Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the Word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. My first thought this morning, if you're writing things down, is the new normal is desperate for the qualified. The new normal is desperate for the qualified. What does that mean? What struck me from this verse, what just leapt off the page uh, of this verse, was the qualifications that they listed. Not to preach, not to teach a class, not to run an alpha course. The qualifications just to serve the food, just to wait on the tables, to help with the feeding program. Look at the qualifications. Known to be full of the Holy Spirit, known to be full of wisdom. Listen, for every leader in one church park district, okay, every one of you is called to lead something. If you're a single person, you have to lead yourself. If you're a husband watching this, you're called to lead your family, to lead your children. Single moms, you're the leader in your home. Maybe you lead a, a company, a small business. Maybe you lead a team. All of us in, in the Christian faith were called to lead something, and the biggest battle usually starts up here, Sukabesa, right here in your head. When you step into a season, God calls you to do something immediately. I don't have the qualifications. I'm not, I'm not qualified. But see, the text doesn't say anything about smarts, and it doesn't say anything about talent. And talent is great, and smarts are wonderful. But talent or gifting are not mentioned as the qualifications here. They are not the qualifications for the New Testament church. They're not the qualifications in the new normal. There's lots of smart people. There's lots of gifted people. There's, think about it just in the world of Christianity right now. There's lots of songwriters. There's lots of uh, gifted preachers and teachers and evangelists. There's never been more Christian content ever. Podcasts, um, um, seminars that you can go to, books, recordings, video teachings. There's, there's never been more Christian content than in the history of humanity. And the world is on fire. Listen, friends. Our homes, our neighborhoods, our communities, our churches, this city is desperate, dying for somebody, for anybody who has these qualifications, known to be full of the Holy Spirit, known to be full of wisdom. Our city, your workplace, is desperate for somebody who wants to serve more than they want to be right out there in all of this mess. The world is dying for people that are more full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom than they are of opinions. And conspiracy theories and politics and preferences on how you educate or what you feed your kids. Out there, the world is on fire and they are desperate for love and for somebody, somebody to just lovingly patiently, wisely, to lead them to Jesus. And you might not feel qualified for that this morning. That's okay. Neither do I. <laughs> but that's okay. It doesn't come from a book, and you don't need a PhD. You just need the Spirit of God to come and fill you. You can't teach this. I can't teach this to you. 
known to be full of the Holy Spirit, known to be full of wisdom. Come on, friends, wouldn't you love for that to be the description of your life? Yeah, here's, here's Nate. He's full of the Spirit. He's full of wisdom. Look, do, do you know Rachel? You know Rachel from our church? She's full of the Holy Spirit. She's full of wisdom. She's so wise. The new normal is desperate. It's desperate for the qualified. So these are the qualifications to serve in the kingdom, to be effective, to live the Jesus life, full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to cover some ground here, okay? This isn't divisive, it's just the truth. Not every Christian is full of the Holy Spirit. Or it wouldn't be listed as a qualification. They would have just said, choose anyone. So let me give you a little theology. So when we repent of our sins and we, and we, we have that moment where the Spirit of God makes the gospel real to us and we say, Jesus, I messed up. I need you, God. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my future. The divine life of God comes inside of us and we become a new creation. The Holy Spirit comes to reside inside of us. We're born again by the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't mean that every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? If the Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Spirit is a person, how are we filled with a person? I believe that the Bible speaks that the, to be filled with the Spirit is to be under the control of the Holy Spirit, to be surrendered to, to be yielded to, to be led by under the control of the Holy Spirit. It means that we're yielded to God in such a way that the Holy Spirit is just flowing out of us like streams of living water. Not every church is full of the Holy Spirit. And listen, I'm praying for every church in the area, okay, in our city. But here's the truth. In church, um, many times our run sheet is the Lord of the service, not the Holy Spirit. Everything is programmed down to the minute. So we need to make room. We need to make room in our meetings. We need to make room in our lives. Moment by moment, hour by hour to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, to call on Him so that he would make us new. Ephesians 5 says, don't get drunk with wine, that'll ruin your life. New Living Translation. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. It's a continuous present tense. Be being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with wisdom. Not the wisdom that the internet gives. <laughs> Wisdom that God gives. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Known to be full of the Spirit, known to be full of wisdom. So I want to ask you a difficult question this morning. And maybe write it down, maybe pray about it this week as you have your time with Jesus. Let me ask you this. When you get squeezed a little bit, what comes out of you? And look, we're all being squeezed right now. Since about mid-March, the whole society, all of us as followers of Christ, we're getting squeezed right now. When you get squeezed, what comes out? Is it Jesus? Is it, is it love? Is it peace? Is it joy? Is it patience? Is, it, is that what comes out? See, you know what you're filled with by what comes out when you get squeezed. So, what does that look like? Is it political anger? Is it opinions and stuff you read on the internet? Some people, you don't even have to squeeze them. All you got to do is rub up a little bit close to them and you get lots of things. <laughs> yes? 
So what does the spirit life really look like? Spirit-filled life. What does it really look like? Let's continue in the text, verse 8. Now Stephen, we're still with Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. So we know that he was full of the spirit and he was full of wisdom. And now we also see that he's full of God's grace and he's full of God's power. He's performing great wonders and signs among the people. One of the things I love is that Stephen didn't have a title. Okay? He wasn't Pastor Stephen, he wasn't Prophet Stephen, he wasn't Evangelist Stephen, he wasn't um, Stephen with a Master's in Divinity or Counseling. He hadn't written any books, he didn't have a podcast, he wasn't promoting a church brand, and he didn't have a marketing degree. (laughs) And God can use all of those things. All those things are great. But what you're going to see all through this book from the beginning to the end is especially in times of great pressure and turmoil, God seems to delight in using nobodies. Nobodies. Stephen was a nobody to this world. He's a busboy. He waited on tables. He just served. He served the elderly. No PhD, no masters, but he had humility. He had humility enough to do the dirty work just to serve the food. He didn't have a title, but he had the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. God used him to do miracles. That's all we get. That's all we get. A little snippet. God used him to do miracles. He's known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom and grace. And he did wonders and signs. And where did he do them, the verse said? Among the people. Listen, Park District, we need to run from this idea. And I know that you are this whole summer. You're meeting in homes. It's house church for the summer. This is so healthy. We need to run from the idea that the Christian experience is defined by just coming to a building for an hour once a week and saying, well, I did my spiritual duty. And I believe, I believe the hour is getting too late for that, friends. I believe that God is desiring to raise up a Stephen generation, men and women that that are not depending on the pastor to know God, but they really know God for themselves. Men and women that are filled with the Spirit, filled with wisdom and grace and power that will be a sign and a wonder among the people. Let's pick it up in verse 9. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freemen. Okay, this is what you're always going to see, okay? God begins to move, resistance comes. God begins to do miracles, the enemy tries to come and attack. And so here's the attack. They're Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom that the Spirit gave him as he spoke. So they want to pick a fight. He's preaching Jesus. These men don't want to hear anything about Jesus. And it says, though, they could not argue with the wisdom he found on the Internet. No. They could not argue with the wisdom he heard from a pastor online. No. They could not argue with the wisdom the Spirit gave him. And when did the wisdom come? It said the Spirit gave it to him as he spoke as he spoke Luke 12 12 says the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them this is hard for me as a pastor okay to to preach I didn't go to Bible school okay I was a nurse okay so if somebody falls out in the meeting I know how to resuscitate them but I didn't I didn't have a a theological training and it takes me about 20 hours to write a talk like this But when you read all through the New Testament, none of the gospel messages that were preached in the entire New Testament, there's never any indication they had any time to prepare. A riot breaks out and Paul stands up 
and preaches the gospel. Peter heals somebody, a riot breaks out. He stands up and he preaches the gospel. Listen, we need this, friends. We need this in this environment that we're living in. With the cancel culture and the rage and there's plenty of hurt and there's plenty of name calling in this environment, we need the wisdom and the words that the Holy Spirit gives when we speak. But when we speak about what? When we speak about Jesus, when we open up our mouths or we post or we share, but it's when we share our experience about Jesus, who Jesus is, how Jesus came into our lives and changed our lives, how he healed us. For some, he saved my life. I was a cocaine addict. It's when I share about that, what Jesus has done in my life. That's when the grace, that's when the power, that's when the wisdom comes. Wisdom that the Spirit gives. Listen, this is going to sound strong. And I'm saying this because I love you. And I love your pastor and his family. Listen, we don't really need the Holy Spirit if we're never going to open up our mouths and say the one name that the Holy Spirit came to glorify. The Holy Spirit didn't come to glorify one church. He didn't. All the graphics and the, and, and the logo and all of it, all the buildings, all of it's going to burn up one day. The Holy Spirit was sent to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes on us and gives us wisdom and power when we speak about Jesus. How do you know if somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit at One Church Park District? How do you know if they're overflowing with the Holy Spirit? Because when you squeeze them, Jesus comes out. When you talk to them, Jesus comes out. They won't stop talking about Jesus. When you ask a person who's overflowing with the Holy Spirit about sports or politics, they might not know what's happening. But they're just quick to say, you know what, I'm not sure about that. But listen, i got to tell you what Jesus showed me this morning in the Word. i got to tell you what Jesus has been speaking to me. i got to tell you about my experience with Jesus. I love watching these old clips of Billy Graham. Billy Graham had this amazing, just God just gave him such grace and impact in his life. And he had such favor and such a platform. He'd go on talk shows of the day. And some of you might not remember Johnny Carson, but I remember he'd go on Johnny Carson and Johnny Carson would kind of, you know, do his little shtick and ask him some question about something in the culture. And no matter what he asked him, Billy Graham would say, well, I'm not so sure, but let me tell you this. If you'll repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, he'll be the Lord of your life. He'll make you a brand new person. Listen, friends, the Spirit-filled life, the Spirit-filled life was never supposed to be just Christians locked in a room praying and prophesying over each other. I love that. No, the Spirit-filled life is evidenced by men and women that are so close to Jesus, so connected to Jesus, so filled with Jesus and the wisdom that He gives that they can't stop speaking the truth about Jesus. That's a life that's full of grace and power, but that life is not safe that spirit-filled life is actually dangerous. The attacks are going to come. People might reject you. People might argue and say, get that Jesus out of my face. I don't want to hear about that. Sometimes even in your own family. <laughs> I've lived that. Uh, they might say, you know, you're a fool. Get that out of my face. It might get you into real trouble. And that's where Stephen is at now. Let's pick it up in verse 11. He, Stephen's got some people in the religious community really upset because he's doing miracles. They're jealous. He's preaching Jesus. Let's look at verse 11. Then he secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They marched him into court. <laughs> yeah, it's bad for him right now. These are the same men that killed Jesus. 
okay? The Sanhedrin is some nasty dudes, okay? They've got all the power and all the influence in their society. They stood by while um, Herod killed John the Baptist. They handed Jesus over to be killed, and now Stephen's standing before them. He's in real trouble. Verse 13, they produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. Doesn't this sound familiar? The same things they said about Jesus, they're now saying, it, saying about him. Verse 15, all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Write this down. The spirit-filled life is peace under pressure. The spirit-filled life is peace under pressure. So what does the face of an angel look like? Is that like a puffy, naked cherub sitting on a cloud with a little bow and arrow? I don't think that's what it means. You want to know what those leaders saw in Stephen's face? Here he is. He's standing in front of the hit squad that can have him killed on the spot. They said his face was like the face of an angel. Do you know what that was? They saw the face of a man who was not afraid to die. In that courtroom, I'm sure they'd seen thousands of times people come in and beg for their life, grovel. Please, please, please. No. He's in the face of a pack of wolves that want to take his life, and he's got perfect peace. See, listen, the Spirit-filled life, when we're living under the control of the Spirit, you know what comes off of our countenance? What comes off of our lives and what comes out of our mouths? It's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Even with his life on the line, his face was gentle. It was at peace. It was the face of an angel. We need this right now in 2020. With everything that's happening, with all the name calling and just the tribalism and the warfare that's happening on all of our feeds and in every corner of this society, we need what Stephen had in this moment. The face of an angel, it comes from a life controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled life is peace under pressure. So here he is, he's standing, okay? He begins to deliver this, this sermon, his defense. He takes him through the entire Jewish history, which we don't have time, but I want, I want to close in just a moment with these last few verses. Verse 51. This is what you call a seeker-sensitive sermon. <laughs> you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. I just want to pause there. Do you know what it means to, we've been talking about the Spirit-filled life and to be filled with the Spirit, and we're going to have an opportunity to pray in just a moment and ask for, to be filled again, ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us. But listen, to resist the Holy Spirit, let me make that real to you. He's, he's accusing them through their history that they've always resisted the Holy Spirit, but what does that mean for you right now? Listen, friends, if you will just, when you get quiet before the Lord, when you're with Him, what He wants to lovingly do again and again is to put His finger on things in your life that either He wants to take away like that thing you've been looking at, gentlemen, on the computer. No, I've got something better for you than that. We've got to take that away. Or you know what? That, that glass of wine that you've been having in the evening that's now like five glasses of wine, I've got something better for you than that. Sometimes He's trying to lead us away from something. Sometimes He's trying to lead us into something like, no, you don't have to be alone. You should go into the connect group. It's okay if it's awkward the first time. I'm trying to lead you into relationships relationship and into community. Listen, when we resist the Holy Spirit, when we resist His promptings and His leadings, we suffer so much loss, friends, so much loss for ourselves and for our children, and we miss out on so many wonderful things that the Lord has for us. 
if we would just listen and be quick to obey. Verse 52, was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and now you have betrayed and murdered him. Real talk sermon. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but you have not obeyed it. Verse 54, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He's facing men that are ready to kill him. But he's so full of the Holy Spirit that he looks up to heaven. And it's my last thought. Write this down. The Spirit-filled life fixes your focus. The Spirit-filled life fixes your focus. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, even when the world's on fire, even when there's tension, even when there's financial pressure, even when there's stuff happening all around you, the Spirit of God helps you to look. So this will be weird because we're streaming and we're not in the room together, but right where you're at in the room, I want you to just say it out loud. Look up. Look up. Some of us have just been feasting on the fear and the feed and the news and the, and the, and the dashboard of Florida with all the cases for COVID. We've just been feasting on all of this information. But we have a choice. We have a choice. We can fill our, our minds and our hearts with all that, or we can look up can allow the Holy Spirit to control us and, uh, and have Him help us look up and have a revelation of who Jesus is and where He is right now. See, what's amazing about this passage is all through the New Testament it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, but Stephen sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I believe, I believe, this Jesus, uh, He's standing, I believe He's standing to welcome into, the, into heaven, into His arms, the first Christian martyr. When the Holy Spirit is controlling you, you look up and you see Jesus. You see His goodness, you see His power, His faithfulness, the vastness of who He is, that He made everything and that He is the answer to every problem we are facing. Listen, I'm pleading with you to get off the internet for a couple of days. Do a media fast for 72 hours and see the effect that it has on your your spirit. Stop looking from side to side, beloved, and look up the Spirit-filled life fixes your focus. Look, I know what I'm talking about. I look at myself and I look at my life, what I'm carrying. I'm pastoring a church. I have six kids. Um, My father has Alzheimer's right now. I'm, I'm navigating that and trying to help take care of my parents. When I just look at the complexities and the pressures of my own life, when I look inside, it's not a pretty picture. I need the Spirit of God, friends. I need the Spirit of God to help me to continually look up and see Jesus. It's not escapism. It's not. It's not. When I see Jesus, I'm flooded with that peace that passes all understanding. And that's what He wants for you today. The Spirit-filled life fixes your focus. Verse 57 as we close. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, listen, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. Stephen facing death. 
so full of the Holy Spirit that his focus was on Jesus. And we're facing some difficulties right now. Let me ask you this question. Are we going to throw stones for stones? Or are we going to allow the Spirit to control us? Because it's only the Holy Spirit that in that moment would help a man or a woman forgive the person that's killing you. Forgive the person that's saying nasty things about you or being critical about you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, that's the Spirit of mercy. It's the Spirit of forgiveness. It's what our nation needs. It's what our churches need. It's what America needs. We need more of the Holy Spirit this morning. Listen, I'm going to ask you to do something, and I don't want you to feel awkward or strange. I know some of you, you're, you're having pancakes right now, and your kids are running around, but let's just have a holy moment for just a second. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and just listen to the sound of my voice. If you're listening to this, I know sometimes in church, like, we, we strike up the band, and, and we kind of get in and say, well, the Holy Spirit is loud, and the Holy Spirit's not loud. Or we get mystical, we try to make it like, oh, the Holy Spirit is this. No, listen, the Holy Spirit moves the way that He wants to move. Sometimes it is loud and sometimes it's a whisper. The Holy Spirit is oil. The Holy Spirit is fire. The Holy Spirit is also dew in one verse. And the dew comes slowly. And so I'm going to just ask you to sit for just a moment and just pray this simple prayer wherever you're streaming this message. Holy Spirit, fill me now. Holy Spirit, come. I need more of you in my life. Fill me with wisdom that the Spirit gives. Fill me with patience and mercy, God, for people that have totally different ideas and thinking than I do. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me right now. I submit myself to you, God. I've made lots of mistakes, God. Forgive me of all my sin. Lord, I want to walk in step with you. I want to be led by you, Holy Spirit. And Father, right now I just bless every man, woman, and child that's watching this stream, every, every person that calls One Church Park District their home, or maybe somebody that's watching that this popped up on their feed and they're just watching, I just speak blessing into their lives right now. Peace into their homes, provision if finances are tight. Speak life over their marriages, over their children, their grandchildren. God, everything they put their hands to, Lord. May we be men and women of God that are known to be full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, grace, and power. We love you. We bless you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. One Church Park District, it's been my honor to share with you. I can't wait at some point to see you again in person. And I just pray that you have a wonderful day. God bless you.